0: Welcome to Mom Chats with Karen and Susie. We are two moms who enjoy heart to heart conversations about life. We chat about everything from parenting to education to our dreams and even to our soul journey. Join us as we explore these topics and more on Mom, Mom Chats.
1: Hi, Susie. So, hello, Karen. <laughs> Yeah, 2022. Oh my gosh, it's it's here. We have, you know, we're halfway through the first month already, and a whole year ahead of us. And, you know, when I was thinking back over the holidays, kind of reflecting about 2021, uh, or even 2020, you know, so much has happened in the last one or two years. And um, I don't know if you had a chance to also reflect upon it. And, and I I believe in life that we've take time to, or take some opportunity to reflect about life, what we gained or what we learned through life experiences. And I don't know, did you get that sense over the holidays? Yeah, I usually
0: try to reflect at the end of the year, Uh, I try to think back to, you know, what's happened over the past year, like you said, it's definitely, I feel like a lot has happened and nothing has happened at the same time. Because sometimes it feels like we're at a standstill where things are not moving forward, especially with the pandemic going on. Uh, You feel like things are kind of stagnant a little bit. But at the same time, when I really think about it, yes, a lot has happened. A lot has changed in that one year.
1: Do you want to share a little bit of what has changed and what has uh, shifted for you?
0: Sure. Yeah. So when I reflect on 2021, I like to think about, you know, what lessons I learned in the year and what uh, impacted me the most. And because I do believe that we're all here to learn one of the reasons why we're here on this earth is to learn lessons. And so I'd like to think about what did I learn in that past year. And one of the biggest things I learned is actually a growth in my faith. Um, So I, I throughout the year and actually started in 2020 with The whole lockdown, where we were forced to kind of slow down and and be at home, I started to reflect more inwardly, reflect on my faith a lot more. So, my faith is Catholic, uh, Roman Catholic, actually. And so, I always have always followed it throughout my whole life. But, you know, in my, I would say probably in my 40s or so, I was exploring like a lot of different faiths and just different ideas and different concepts around spirituality. And uh, that kind of that decade of my life kind of uh, forced me to reevaluate my own faith and and what I believed and what I didn't believe. And I found that through that process, it drew me back to my original faith. It, it like that exploration and that, you know, kind of looking around for what does this all mean kind of idea. It kind of drew me back to my original roots. And my uh, and my faith and so one of the big things I did in 2021 was something called Bible in a Year. It's actually a really popular podcast program run by a group called Ascension Press. the The priest that is um, the speaker on the podcast his name is Father Mike, and he's just a wonderful human being, like just an amazing person. And now there's this whole Facebook community around it uh, that you know, people are redoing this Bible in a year. So basically the premise of the podcast, I should say, is that you read the whole entire Bible. Catholic Bible is, I think it's 72 books. I know that now. I didn't know that before. But anyways, uh, so it's like a huge. And uh, you read the whole thing in one year, slowly, day by day, you take like little pieces, little passages, and then each day he would give like a little commentary on that passage so that you would understand it because there's so many nuances so much to know about the history of the time period what did they mean when they were writing it versus how we perceive it today all these different things and I really really learned so much by that process I was listening almost every day and I did complete it I felt good at the end of the year it's like December 31st I checked it off I was like I actually finished it I did it in the whole year And it was just an amazing process, it really brought me back to the faith and why I believe what I believe and what were the reasons and how does it all work and just a better overall understanding of everything. And I was going along this journey with many, many, many other people, like so many people were listening to this podcast at the same time. And now even many more are listening, you know, kind of a second time go around this year in 2022 and uh, doing it over again, kind of just to, cause you don't catch it all the first time. And so that really, really impacted me last year and, and really helped to solidify my faith and solidify what I believe in, it brought me closer to God. So I, I'm so happy, so thrilled. I always wanna talk about it. I always wanna, wanna tell people about it. I just feel compelled to do that cause it affected me so greatly that I wanna pass that on to others too. And so, yeah, that's uh, one of the big lessons learned from 2021 was um, just reconnecting with something that had always existed my whole life, but that I didn't really understand until now.
1: I love that, Susie. Love that (laughs) so much. Do you mind if I explore with you a little bit more? Yeah,
0: Yeah. go ahead. Sure.
1: (laughs) Because, you know, I think it's really incredible that When I think back about 2020 or 2019, you know, there were some instances where the Catholic religion took a bit of a hit, right? And it was in the papers and all that. And some people, you know, you can argue that some people turned away from it, but it was beautiful that you leaned into it and, and saw the beauty of it. What do you say to the listeners here of what drew you to go and lean back in?
0: Well, I have to speak from my faith right now, and I believe it's the Holy Spirit that drew me back in. It's not through my own. I can't say it's anything that I did in particular. Um, I just received the grace that allowed me to hear it in a different way and to experience it in a different way. So I can't say it was anything to do with me. That's part of the humility of being Catholic is nothing is your doing. It's all from above. And so, uh, like I said, the Holy Spirit drew me in, helped me to understand, helped me t- to strengthen my faith. And I had that the, the beauty of that grace. There was nothing, actually. <laughs> it was just, you know, external forces that helped me.
1: And I think it's beautiful that you have that strengthened faith because we all go through life and life is not always smooth and sunshine and rainbows type of thing. But when we go through challenges, that's when people often you know, have to lean into something beyond our humanistic presence. And so I think it's so wonderful that you have found and, and put attention in developing, I think, the most important relationship ever is the relationship with your creator.
0: And, you know, we'll go down a spiritual road since we're there. And I I really believe that the creator wants that relationship with us. And sometimes we don't understand that, maybe we think it's one-sided that we want a relationship, but it's actually maybe one-sided in the other direction where the creator wants a relationship with us and keeps giving us signs and uh, giving us, you know, the gift of Holy Spirit to draw us back to him there really is just that wonderful love there that somebody wants that relation, not somebody, but this entity, right? <laughs> it's really hard to refer to God as somebody, but if we humanize it, somebody wants that relationship with you bad enough to just keep coming after you for it. And uh, until you, you develop that relationship.
1: Yeah. I, I totally feel the same way is like, I, I feel like there's this essence that is just unconditionally loving us and patiently waiting for us, too. Patiently waiting for us to to turn towards or to lean in or to open our arms to or wanting to get to know that presence that was always there. Uh, and that's what I think is beautiful. Uh, I, I've used that growing faith a lot in my last year, too, because I, you know, if I ever... I'm in a situation where I'm not sure or trying to understand something. If I were to humanize God, right? If I were to humanize God, I I ask myself, how would God see this, right? I, I know God's not a person or anything, but how would God or such a loving entity view this situation or view this scenario, right? And it takes me out of my own, humanistic way of seeing things where i think our humanistic part has parts that don't really see the whole picture from a place of love right we have we also have a lens of fear that's um that we're peering through so it kind of taints um or we view things through a lens of fear often whereas i think uh i believe that god has such love there is no fear like it's just so loving and loving without pre-selecting who's more special, who's, who's not. So I'm gonna bring it to something a little bit more controversial in the way. Um, you know, this whole last year, there's a lot of controversy about vaccination, non vaccination, and it created a lot of division and a lot of uh, back and forth. And you see that in humanity, and it's kind of saddening that um, we see the different camps arguing with each other, and and not feeling connected with each other and splitting apart. And I remember I would ask God, you know, or imagine how God is viewing all this. God doesn't care if we're immunized or not immunized, right? I think God just loves all. And that made me realize that's the way I want to become more towards, right? To really embrace uh, human beings without that judgment, because I know that we all have some element of judgment that usually comes from a place of uh, innate fear of something. But it really is about moving towards love to trump that to see beyond the ego part of people.
0: I know. And and, you know, I'm going to ask you to share a story because isn't that related to a story that you have from? you know, a discussion you had with your son over the holiday period was on that something to do with the vaccinations? Yes. Yeah. So how did that conversation go?
1: So, yeah, my son, uh, he's less than 20. They're they're watching the world through the media, through listening to what people are saying, through, you know, the TikToks or Instagrams, like everyone's talking about it all generations. It's the one thing that has happened last year that has bonded us, everyone from seniors to young children, like everyone knows about it, right? Um, It's a universal human experience. But how we experience it is also unique as well too, right? The way we're perceiving things, the way we decide upon things, the way we have opinion about things is so Varied, um, and so it, you realize the truth is only within our own truth, it's not some one universal truth that everyone can agree upon. So, I was having a conversation with my son because you know, because I'm in healthcare and a little bit on the science side, people see me as uh, uh more towards vaccination, right? So, they asked me, you know, how do you feel about those that choose not to be vaccinated, right? Does that does that irritate you because then they take up hospital beds and all of that kind of uh, conversation that goes on. You know, there are always different sides or different stories. So, you know, I was exploring with my son that from this one side, the people that work in healthcare they have a certain perspective and a per- certain story. But then, you know, you look at the other perspective of those who choose not to vaccinate and you can really try to understand why they choose not to as well too and I was saying to my son in a way uh, both sides are fearing it's not really an anti or a pro it's actually both sides have a fear one side has the fear of contracting the virus the other side has the fear of potential uh, side effects of the vaccine so it still comes from that place fear so we were kind of exploring both sides because we've had these kind of conversations with family members and um, friends and you know colleagues and that type of thing then my son he said you know mom like what if there wasn't a thing like sides right or I think I used the term like on one side of the fence or on the other side of the fence and he said mom what if we don't look at things from being on the ground on one side of the fence or the other side of the fence, because when you're standing on the ground, you can only, you can't see the other side because the fence is blocking you, right? What if it was better to stand on top of the fence, right? So just kind of like, you know, in volleyball, where there's a referee that's standing up a little higher than the net, right, so that they can see both teams and what's going on and being aware of both both uh, sides he's like i think we should elevate ourselves and stand on top of the fence uh, and trying to balance there right and being able to really understand and see where see where the different camps are coming from and i think that would really help to reduce all the the judgment and the the arguing back and forth and i you know
0: that's so profound i can't believe he came up with that idea of elevation because actually there's so much, there's so much truth to that. Like there's so much truth about, it is an elevated viewpoint, like literally and figuratively, (laughs) because seeing, yeah, because when you're seeing it from above and you're looking, let's say looking down on the situation where there's a fence on two sides and they can't see each other, they're blocked, you're seeing the whole picture. And so I think that's the major point is when you're on one side, you only see one side of the picture. And when you're on the other side, you only see the other side of the picture. But when you're above, you're seeing the whole picture. And I think maybe that's where the understanding comes in is when you can see the big picture and the whole thing and all the viewpoints, and you know, why they feel the way they do as well, then uh, you have a better understanding.
1: Yeah, I think that's such a humanistic need right the need to be understood and also for us to understand someone else too Um, because ultimately we still have uh, um, the freedom to make our choice right we can still choose one or the other but it gives us a little bit more empathy towards people that have chosen differently from us right rather than judging someone else's different choice we understand someone's different choice while still remaining um free to make our own choice so mm-hmm. i just thought his um his metaphor of standing on top of the fence and having that higher perspective was it was a a, a good um uh, learning for me from my little 19 year old
0: that's a great learning that was a great insight uh, and it's a good lesson too because you know, we have to remind ourselves of that often you know i i I'm guilty of it myself, where I might stand on one side of an issue and not necessarily see the other side of it. So, uh, and this particular issue that you're talking about is a heated one, oh, like across the world. It's not even just like a local issue. It's, you know, it goes on everywhere where there's, you know, anti and pro or whatever you want to call it. But usually it yeah, it's failure to understand the other person's viewpoint.
1: Yeah, I think that that was a huge... Uh, learning for me in 2020 is um, our need to understand one another, to understand one another's differences. Uh, COVID or no COVID, it's still that those differences will always exist, they were just magnified more by this little virus. Um, But it, it showed us that as a human species, that we are different, and we have to learn to understand each other's differences. Uh, We don't have to necessarily agree with each other's differences, but we have to at least understand. Uh, The other thing I was going to mention is like, it's interesting to me from human behavior that once we're on one side, we tend to try to validate ourselves to be right by finding all the data or finding all the stats that support our story. right? And it's interesting that human beings need that validation because we need to be right. But if we need to be right, it means somebody else is wrong. So that, that really doesn't really unify us as a human species. It, it divides us. And when I think of God again, again, you know, maybe I'm humanizing it as this existence of, up in the sky, but I would imagine God looking down at us, although I believe God also exists within us too. But if God was peering down, I would imagine it would feel very sad to see his creation um, at odds with each other. It's like you as a parent feeling sad when your own children are uh, disagreeing and fighting with each other, right? That's how I imagine a spiritual parent would feel that sadness, the sadness to witness this, um, this separation and this arguing and this fighting, where, you know, our universal parent, our spiritual parent created and gifted us this home. us to all live together just like us as a parent a human parent having a home for our children to to live in hopefully harmoniously so i see all the same parallels and metaphors whether you're talking on a human level or a spiritual level it's the same yeah i agree with
0: that actually and the metaphor of you know the divine being as a parent i think it's a good metaphor and it's what we can understand as humans because we know what a parent is and we know what a parent does and having the idea that the divine is sort of like a parent to us is i think the best way to under understand that relationship and that concept and for me i didn't really fully understand that until i became a parent like until i understand what it was like to be a mom i have no idea what it's like to be god it, you know obviously you know, it's, it, there's a lot of parallels, because like yeah. you said, you know, this creation, right, that that we are, we're so loved, just like a mother loves a child, and that child will always be loved no matter what, unconditionally. It's like the, the closest thing we have to unconditional love. You know, that idea of unconditional love is best represented on earth here as parenting, where we just absolutely want the best and love our children so much that we don't want to see arguing fighting you know all those things that you said uh it's it's a really good analogy and and that's how i understand it too And, and that's how you can put something that's infinite into a finite concept and try to understand it in our world
1: love that absolutely like i love what you just said there to get a small glimpse of the infinite power of love in our through our finite senses, human senses, right? That's just a small glimpse of the infinite power of love that uh, this infinite um, parent is part of our lives. And I think, um, yeah, I, I'm feeling it more and more as I age, sometimes in overwhelm of that feeling of so much love. You feel so grateful for your own existence, the existence of our planet, right? You just kind of see things through a different lens of beauty, of truth, of love. You know, one time
0: when we were doing our soul coaching sessions, I remember that I was looking back on some notes that I wrote one day about truth, beauty, and goodness that uh, is kind of like... Uh, it's
1: the trinity of our being.
0: Yes. It pretty much summarizes everything. Yeah. There, I I believe there is a universal truth. I know you mentioned earlier that everybody has their own truth, but I do believe there is one universal truth, although we all have our own, you know, belief systems and our own truths. I do agree with that as well. Yeah. But beyond that, I believe there is one universal truth. I mean, there is one thing that just is, you can't say it isn't because it just is so I, I do believe that. So there's like that truth aspect, and then there's beauty. Everything that we see and everything that we are is beauty. And then goodness, I, I do believe that, you know, we're all made to be good and we are all good.
1: We were seeded, I believe, like we were seeded with a seed of goodness because yes. that was our divine parent that gifted a seed of himself into us for us to blossom in our own due way and time. And yes, sometimes through life, we are influenced by other uh, humanistic elements that uh, we don't always act, or we don't always see that that goodness. But I believe in the, the core and the heart of everyone is a seed of goodness.
0: I absolutely agree with that. And the, and the person who sees that seed of goodness is like the parent, right? Like, for example, I'll I'll just give you an example. So, you know, sometimes some kids, you might say, are hard to love, if you will. Like, you know, maybe they're just difficult, you know, have a difficult personality or don't get along well with people, maybe don't have good social skills or something like that. So just not very well loved by people in general around them. But the one who will most love that individual is the one who sees that little bit of goodness because they can feel it, that there's something still good about that person And that's the parent who who would see that and and love that person, even though they seem not to be lovable.
1: Yes. Right. It's easy to see beauty in the beauty, but to really see the beauty in the ugly or see the goodness in the in the like when it's challenging to see it. That's really when you really got to look more deeply and understand another human being more deeply than what you just kind of see on the surface and the behaviors and, and, and judging them for it. You've got to let go of that judgment and get more into that deeper understanding. Find it, because it's like looking for a diamond in the haystack kind of thing, right? But the diamond is there. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I love the analogy you use where everybody has a light within them. Yeah, And sometimes that light is just a little dim, but everybody has that little little spark, even if it's just a tiny spark. Some people's light really shines bright and you can tell who those people are. And then some where it's just like a tiny, tiny spark within them, but it's still there.
1: Yeah. And isn't that wonderful? Because then we hang on to hope for every human being that every it's like the holy spirit existing in everyone and you know that presence is there and and that's how we bond with one another when we look at another human being in that way one one of the questions my son also asked is mom do you think we are born good and we learn not so good things or do you think (laughs) we're born not good and we have to learn good things
0: (laughs) How did you answer?
1: (laughs) I said, I think we're born good and we sometimes learn or pick up non-good traits. He said, I think we have both good and non-good and we have to choose which direction or which aspect of ourselves to be revealed. Mm -hmm. That's what he said. And Isn't
0: that the most uh, beautiful gift you can be given is freedom, the freedom to choose. So that you have choice to not love your creator, just as much as you have a choice to love your creator, but you can make that choice. And just imagine as a parent, I say to my children, I'm gonna love you unconditionally, but it's up to you whether you love me back. And it seems almost absurd because it's like, I'm giving you that freedom to say, no, no, I don't want to. Yeah. And uh, that is like the greatest gift you can have. Which...
1: And that's how I imagine God to be. God unconditionally loves us, whether or not we love him back. It doesn't change um, God's love for us. And that's how I feel like it, it's so powerful that some existence would love us that much, even if we choose not to love. I find that really so massive, like the extent of love that is available if we opened our, our minds and our hearts towards it. But it's always there.
0: Imagine, imagine our world. Okay, let's have some fun. Imagine our world if we all loved like that. If we were all given, like if we all gave that kind of love to everybody around us what would this world be like, there would be no one my side, your side, it would be there would be none of that.
1: Yeah. Open our eyes and open our hearts and open our minds towards love. To really feel the love of God. That's the world I I always aim for strive for, even though it's really tested me this year, right? It's like, Oh, my gosh, our world is going backwards. But I don't give up hope on humanity. And I think, as we start to slide backwards, it compels me even more to do this kind of conversations, and and discussions, because I can't give up on hope of, of love. That's what evolves us. That's what is going to evolve our species, so that we rise together, not at the sacrifice of one another. That's really nice. (laughs) That's beautiful.
0: (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah, all of this resonates with me, this whole conversation we've been having uh, just really resonates with my inner being and everything that I stand for and believe I I have hope too. I have hope in humanity, I have hope that we can do better. And we will. This has been good. I've enjoyed this conversation. And um, I have to say that I don't usually have a lot of spiritual conversations with people. Sometimes it's considered taboo to talk at this level with people. You know, the people say you should never talk about religion and politics. But I don't agree. I, I feel like we need to be comfortable to have these kinds of conversations, even on a podcast like this, where anybody can be listening of any faith that we all come together and can share and respect each other and each other's beliefs. Yeah. Not be afraid to talk about them.
1: That's one thing that COVID's taught me. Life is precious. I am just wanting, I'm just going to live my life based on the things that are really important and aligned to what I feel is important to me in life. You know, having to take care of COVID patients myself in the ICU, I see very uh, sacred and and very personal and and emotional conversations, you know, amongst the family members at the bedside, really about life and what life is all about. So it makes, it's always a good reminder for us to ask ourselves, what is life all about for me?
0: It was so fitting that you're in the field that you're in because you see the end of life. (laughs) And by seeing the end of life and seeing people experience end of life, you gain an appreciation for what life is, because it's only a lot of times you don't appreciate something until it's over. And you being in the role that you're in, you're you have like a a very interesting perspective, because you're seeing that without having to go through it yourself. But you're seeing it. And that is impacting how you live your life and how you guide others as well, through, you know, through your coaching and things like that. So you're impacting people as well in terms of getting the most out of life.
1: But you're also impacting people so immensely because while I'm seeing people at the end of life, I'm seeing people at the beginning stages of their human development and so influential because their their minds are so open and spongy. They're, They're like little sponges absorbing stuff. So what you're seeding into that is huge, right? Like by the time I'm not really working with spongy minds, (laughs) (laughs) spongy minds. So to, to grow yourselves, like we're both growing ourselves and to serve from that place. I think um, that's what it means to be human.
0: Yeah. I do really believe the both ends of life, like the very beginning, the early years and the end years are like uh, magical times. And it's great to be involved in those years, like, you know, as a career.
1: Yeah, I agree, too. Maybe that's why we connected with each other.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Took us a while to figure out the connection. (laughs) this has been good this has been fun i really enjoyed this so lessons learned from 2021 how could you summarize it
1: appreciation of life there are so many beautiful reasons to be happy even though it may not feel like it at the time and someone listening could be like what is she talking about but when we Aim our attention and our mind on those things, we don't wallow in and, and get swallowed by the depths of despair. Because I think, as you said at the beginning, life here is to be experienced and it is a teaching ground for us. Um, so, do we actually learn through our life's moments?
0: Thanks for tuning into Mom Chats. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date with our latest episodes. This podcast has been sponsored by Alpha's Discovery Kids, inspiring our future leaders through curiosity, inquiry, and discovery. And Karen Sua Kwan Coaching, unfolding Your Soul's Gift to Give. Thanks for listening.